We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to the Pack a Day Podcast. Uh, we're missing another guy. This time, Trev's with us. Trevor Josser. Trev, how are you, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everybody. I'm doing okay. Just uh, got out of a 10, 11-hour car ride to uh, venture back to Wichita, Ooh. Kansas from the great state of Wisconsin. Wichita. Um, this might be the first ever show on Pack-A-Day where the hosts are not in the state of Wisconsin. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Without Steve, without Steve here, he, he's the lone one of the group. So Yeah, he's our link since you moved. Uh-huh. You're in you're in Kansas and I'm in Alabama now. Steve gave us a text. We usually tape at uh, nine central, nine oh nine. Steve chimes in. You guys, we're gonna have to put like the theme to mash behind this. You guys, <laughs> you guys are gonna have to go on without me. I was out shoveling, slipped on some ice, bad pain, might be going to ER. Sorry. First of all, Steve, get better. Mm, uh, don't apologize. No, in all seriousness, yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean. You know, maybe wear some more sensible footwear when you're out there. <laughs> but, um, but no, seriously, like that's like it's always in the winter when I realize like I'm getting old. Where like I can't lift something up, or the wow, this snow's really heavy. Obviously, it doesn't snow much in Alabama, but like you're moving mm-hmm. stuff around. And I noticed it when I was like pulling stuff down off out of the the. The, the overhead space in the garage and i'm lifting all these boxes I'm like wow these boxes really got a lot heavier in a year <laughs> it's like you know it's a brush with more in, with more mortality not immortality obviously but they get heavier every year 
but it's not but you know like 10 years ago like if i'm and i don't know how old you are but i you're a little younger than i am like when i was your age i would have been like <laughs> what an idiot like he fell but now it's just like <laughs> that could happen to me like that's gonna be me like i wouldn't even say two years from now that could still be me before the winter is over i could be out there yeah, shoveling I- and just land on my keister and you know, have to get wheeled off someplace. Yeah, I'm not gonna laugh at anybody's misfortune. I don't know if I said this on the last show, but I I hit a I hit a deer a couple oh my last, about a month ago. I still don't have my car back. That's how much damage was in it. So I'll be getting that back hopefully shortly here. But um, that that did not end well. So um, hoping you- for a better start to the new year for for us and for Steve and for all of you listening out there. How did you get back to Kansas without without a car? Did you? I mean, uh, you had a car, just not your car. Yes, my girlfriend's car. Oh, okay. Put the miles on her car. Oh, do you guys travel? Do you guys doing each other's uh, parents' house for Christmas? And uh, yep, yep. And it's two hours apart back in Wisconsin. We go Kenosha to Appleton, and then we were doing a couple back and forth too to try to see all the extended family. So that was a lot of fun. Okay. Well, I mean, if you're driving from Kansas, I mean, what's two hours at that point? Right? Yeah, exactly. That was nothing. Yeah. Uh, some other guys who are are driving a little bit, maybe changing addresses. Uh, eight head coaches. Uh, now it's eight uh, with Adam Gase and Vance Joseph. Uh, Steve Wilkes fired, one and done. We got a lot of folks uh, that will be uh, refiling different W-2s this year. And, mm-hmm. Trev, what I thought we'd do is just kind of go through each guy one by one. And let's just ask the question. Would this head coach have a better run in Green Bay starting next year than they had at their previous destination? And some of these are going to be quick. And, and then mm-hmm. some of these, I think, will really break down and kick around a little bit. Uh, so I will start. We'll start in the AFC with Hugh Jackson, uh, who went 0-16 last year, did not get fired, and managed to uh, get fired for infighting uh, with offense mm-hmm. coordinator Todd Haley. So he gone. He was convinced he didn't have enough talent uh, on the roster currently to win. And then he leaves, and the Baker Mayfield catches fire, and they almost knock Baltimore out of the playoffs. Uh, I think we this is a pretty short one. I don't think Hugh Jackson would be a realistic candidate. I don't I, really. I don't think this is a guy that should be coaching in the NFL. At least when I say that, I mean like coordinator spot on up. If he wants to like do uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, I think that's fine. I don't think we need to see any more out of this guy uh, from a coordinator head coaching spot going forward. Yeah, I'm not. I was never one to think anyway that the head coach had that big of an impact on an NFL team as opposed to maybe a basketball coach. But I mean, yeah, the Browns got a lot better this year, but he he was just so bad with them. And then as soon as they left, I mean, as soon as he left, excuse me, it was just like a spark. And maybe it was just a mental thing that you know, you know, a fire was lit inside everyone. But no, it, it it you saw an immediate or immediate, I guess, spark within the Browns team that, that you just didn't see with him. So I agree with you. I don't think maybe take a couple of years off, coach head being a head coach, work your way up again, maybe get some of your credibility back, um, build that reputation, and then maybe take another stab at it. But um, if we're going to relate him to the Packers, I think that'd just be a step in the wrong direction. Yeah, I think that's a hard pass. And I think there was a galvanizing effect in, in Cleveland after he left. And also, I think if we can, you know, turn this to New York real quick, uh, to the Jets who fired Todd Bowles uh, after four seasons there. I think there was a galvanizing effect uh, with the players while he was still there trying to finish strong. Uh, obviously, Sam Darnold 
I uh, had some injuries in the middle of the season. Uh, I think he did a really good job uh, for what he had to work with, the roster that he had, the quarterback. He, this guy started Josh McCown last year. Mm-hmm. And you look at Green Bay, you look at the problems they've had on the defensive side of the ball with Petten this year and the Dom Capers year before. I think this is a guy that could stand to be brought in. I would say, like, uh, I would give him the the Josh Zirkle Packaday check mark uh, for calling him to get an interview in. I think this guy could help on the defensive side of the ball, uh, but also has that sort of uh, nebulous leader of men quality uh, that a lot of organizations are looking for, and I think the Packers uh, would fall in line with that as well. What do you think? And he's been at the Jets his whole career, right? Or was he was he somewhere else before the Jets? He was in Arizona. He was, I think, he was their defensive coordinator before he went to the Jets. But as a head coach, he's only been with the Jets. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So it says he's a, he's got a twenty six and forty one record, and for as long as I can remember, for at least recent memory, the Jets have been consistently just bad. And um, but that I don't. Their their talent level is just it doesn't seem to be improving. And now they kind of got this new quarterback, Sam Darnold who is supposed to be the face of the franchise, supposed to be the next guy that turns the franchise around, and now we don't even get to see him work with him. So it's like it was kind of an unfair situation, in my opinion, where he had bad talent, bad talent, bad talent, had bad records, bad records, bad records, and now he gets some some young pieces. Jamal Adams is outstanding. Yes. Donald should be decent, and he won't even really get to see those players in his prime. So it's hard to say, you know, he could, if he goes into a situation like Green Bay and you have Aaron Rodgers, who is a veteran leader with great, with experience and obviously a lot of talent, who knows what he could do because I don't think he's ever had that before. So um, I think that's just a big wild card for me. Um, Do you call call for an interview? Yes or no? I would. I, I, I would, I don't, I don't know what the process is or how time consuming getting interviews are for head coaching positions, but um if I would try and test a whole bunch of people out and see who, who sticks and who fits. Yeah. I think there are a number of factors there, but I would love to see him. And, and don't forget he went, he did go 10 and six his first year, had a lot of success yeah. uh, right away. Uh, a guy who did not have success, <clears throat> pardon me right away, Vance Joseph in Denver. Uh, he has gone after two seasons. Uh, also quarterback issues, uh, also potentially roster issues. You know, John Elway, you know, take a step back and talk about the Broncos for a second. I thought hit a home run when he bought, brought Peyton Manning in. And I mm-hmm. think he may have bombed uh, every single uh, decision he has made after that, whether it was the coaching, uh, whether it's the, the draft with Paxton Lynch. And now he's going to not only find a new head coach, but he's got to go find a new quarterback too. Yep. And I'm sitting here shaking my head, wondering if he's the right guy to do that for the job. So I look at the two years of Vance Joseph in that sort of lens. Uh, but at the same time, I think I don't think he was a great hire to begin with. I don't think he brought a particular strength uh, to that team. I think it's always going to be John Elway's show. Uh, Vance Joseph would be a no for me. Pretty strong no, I think. See, again, I look at it as this was something John Elway created. Like you said, he he took a risk with Peyton Manning and ended up working out. But I – Peyton Manning was definitely tailing off at the end of it. He yes. wasn't his normal self. And that defense is the reason they won that Super Bowl. It was one of the better defenses we've seen in recent memory. So yes. um, then they went out and and it just kept, they look, it seemed like they were experimenting at quarterback. You had Simeon, you had Paxton Lynch, you have um, – who, who's your quarterback? Is Case, Case Keenum, Keenum right now? Keenum right yeah, now, Case yeah. Keenum. So 
again, that, that was kind of a, a strikeout there. Um, but again, it's just hard to tell because you're looking at two different, I'm looking at the quarterback. I'm looking at a coach that who can come in and work with Rogers. And I know we talked last show is like this Rogers should not have a say in this Rogers should step out and yep. this shouldn't be about Rogers. It should be about the team, but um, I mean, Rogers is still Rogers. You got to find someone that can work with him and I guess not even not be intimidated by him. So again, I don't, I don't know. Um, it'd be worth looking at for me, but I think there's many other candidates out there. And if, if we had to choose, if it was a coin flip for me, I, I'd just probably just go no with, with Vance Joseph. So yeah. I wouldn't have to flip a coin. I think I'd be an emphatic yeah. no. Uh, let's do a couple more. Uh, a couple more in the AFC. Marvin Lewis, uh, a big one after 16 years in Cincinnati. And, and this is a guy I, I definitely think the Packers should bring in. When you look at what Marvin Lewis faced when he first walked in the door at Cincinnati, uh, when they were still playing in uh, Riverfront Stadium, if I have that correct, uh, compared to where they are now, I, look at the pack. It's, it's another team. I mean, it's almost like a, a, a parallel Green Bay. You know, cold weather, open air stadium. Don't spend a lot of money on free agents. Tried to build through the draft. Uh, obviously, the Bengals took flyers on some some more questionable guys in terms of character. Uh, but you know, a, a guy who managed to make it work had uh, strong assistance. You know, had assistants go. Obviously, Hugh Jackson there, but Mike Zimmer uh, still head coach in uh, in in Minnesota. Uh, a guy that I think can get it done, and I think a defensive-minded candidate is not something you should rule out, and, and we might agree to disagree on that with in terms of Aaron Rodgers, but I love Marmon Lewis. I love what he did, especially with what he had to work with, and you could say, well, he never had any, play on with, uh, play, any playoff wins. The Bengals weren't getting to the playoffs before he got there. Mm-hmm. The Bengals will not be 500 again mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Mike Brown's lifetime because he's not interested in making the team competitive. He's not interested in spending money. And I think with what he had to work with there, he did an amazing job. I would love to see him get an interview in Green Bay. See, yeah, and I know this, what I'm about to say doesn't really, it shouldn't really matter, but I'm worried about if we bring in Marvin Lewis, what the fan base is going to see. Because a lot of people are very short-sighted and they're going to say, well, he never won a playoff game. He never won a playoff game. We're, you know, we're the Packers. We need to be someone who can take us to the Super Bowl. It's not a splash deep run in the playoffs every year, but... Marvin Lewis was a coach for, what, 16 seasons for a reason. He did what he needed to do. He did his job. Um, his talent, was, you know, fluctuated. Um, you know, when he had talent, he brought him to the playoffs. And even when he didn't ta- have talent, they were always competitive. I thought this these last couple of years with just looking at the Bengals roster that they weren't going – they were going to be bottom of the league. And, yeah, they weren't – they haven't done so hot. But, I mean, they're still there. They're still a tough team to beat. And I'm just curious as to why, after all these years, was he – let go i mean people talked about it last year why not last year why not you know he he can't win a playoff game but i think there's a reason the bengals kept him around for so long and i think it was just time to move on um maybe other coaches being moved let go around set off a chain reaction where they just you know finally pulled the trigger on it but i'd be okay with bringing him in and um you know as long i just worry that the fan base reaction could put added pressure on him if he were to get the job and that could affect him. But he he's a veteran. He knows he has experience. I don't think it would. So, again, worth a shot to me, especially if we're looking at this group that have gotten fired. I think he might be, you know, one or two that you look at. Yeah, I, he would not be a splash higher in that sense, too. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's, 
he's got uh, the last couple of years he was coaching on two year deals, deals, one year deals. Yeah, uh, you know, and they were still competitive. They had a great start this year. Obviously, did not finish uh, mm-hmm. strong. That still has size in the Cincinnati area, so that's more of a, uh, a what if potentially. Uh, it, Miami, I think you're pretty high on this guy, Adam Gase, finally getting let go. Uh, a lot of turmoil there, I think, from the front office on down. You know, Stephen Ross, probably a guy that's, uh, it's fair to say, not very savvy in terms of football. So, leaning on his front office a little bit. Uh, you're probably changing to quarterbacks now with Ryan Tannehill coming up with a big cap number. I think it's $27 million for 2019. Uh, Ryan Tannehill will likely not be back. And really, wasn't that Gase's whole job was to get Ryan Tannehill uh, battle ready to be competitive in that. Uh, granted, a very tough division in the AFC East. Uh, did, <laughs> did not get it done in Miami. Do you think Adam Gase can get it done in Green Bay? That's a good question. I think I just think it's interesting too. I just before we were talking pre-show, I saw a report and it, I just was like took back for a second because I didn't see the date, but that the Dolphins announced that they were going to fire Mike Tannenbaum and keep Gase. And then, obviously, that's not yeah, the case year. anymore. He was let go. Um, but I, it's funny because the Dolphins were that team in the East that would should have challenged the Patriots each and every year. And the Patriots yep. just have a, an easy walk every year to a champ or division title. And because Bills aren't going to do it, the Jets aren't going to do it. No. They've been consistently bad, except maybe the Bills last year. But the Dolphins always seem to be. Eight and eight, seven and nine, just hovering around medi- mediocrity and unable to take that next step. And I think you're right. I think Gase was supposed to be the guy that really got Tannehill going. They've had him for a while now, and they're just looking for him to take that next leap and propel them into the playoffs. And I don't know if there was internal stuff where they just didn't see that happening. They, you know, didn't want to give it more time. But um, I see a lot of rumors too about maybe him going to the Lions to take Jim Bob Cooter's spot, which I think would be a really good fit for them. Yep. Um, so if I'm the Packers, I at least entertain him and get him in and, and see what his intentions are and maybe talk to him a little bit more. Um, I think he could be a good fit. Um, again, met, depending on how he can mesh with, with the offense, but um, he, he, for me, is up there on this list too, um, maybe right behind Marvin Lewis. So he gets a phone call. Adam Gase is I, up. Yeah, I, I, I give him a phone call at least. Okay. Yeah, I think I do too. I think he is, you know, when he got to Miami, he was the shiny uh, whiz-bang offensive guru, which is kind of what the Packers, I think, are looking for now. Uh, I think I, so too. I think, yeah, he's got a little rust on him, but now he's got more experience too. So I, I do think, think he would, I do think he'd be a better fit with the Browns though. Yeah, I agree. You know, Browns, Detroit also. I think those yeah. are. Those are both great spots. I'd love to see Baker Mayfield uh, find someone uh, of that ilk as well. Uh, (laughs) Let's move to the NFC. Uh, Steve Wilkes, obviously, one and done. Uh, There's a lot to be said about that situation. I I, I think it's ridiculous to hire a guy, not let him bring in his own offensive coordinator, uh, to straddle him with Sam Bradford, which I think was probably the worst offseason signing of the year. Uh, and then be surprised when nothing works out. And then you bring in Byron Leftwich. Uh, and that thing was a a bleep show from Jump Street. And I don't think it's his fault, but at the same time, I'm not sure what he would have been able to do under that structure. Terrible GM, uh, very young quarterback, uh, a, a damaged roster in spots. Obviously, you have David Johnson. 
Uh, you had a 98-year-old Larry Fitzgerald. He's not going to be there next year. Uh, not that that matters. Uh, an aging defense, uh, which had been getting rated in free agency over the years. Uh, so, again, I don't think Steve Wilkes had a lot to work with in Arizona. I think he would do better in Green Bay if he was in a situation like that, let's say. Uh, but, again, this is a guy that had one-year experience as a coordinator in Carolina. Uh, it is likely he will go back there uh, and get that same job. What do you think of Steve Wilkes as being a candidate in an environment like Green Bay? I think he's a no for me. I would guess he's a no for you. But he, what do you do better I, in that environment? No, I don't think so. I think a lot. the theme we've been talking about is bringing in someone who's offensive-minded. Um, the Cardinals were last in almost every offensive category this year. He was a de- defensive assistant before being hired. Um, I think you got to bring in someone that whose, I guess, strength and specialty is the offense because, to me, that's where we're most talented right now. Yep. And that's where I think you can get the most out of this team moving forward, especially as Rogers' career dwindles down. So um, it may be unfair for him, the situation he has put in, but that that's just the way it goes, and I I just look past him. Yeah, I think he's enough for me, too. Uh, another one in the NFC. Another offensive mind uh, here, Trev, who is, uh, you know, not exactly uh, as shiny and new as he was when he took the job. Remember, Dirk Cutter was was getting it mm-hmm. done with Matt Ryan in uh, in Atlanta. Uh, went to uh, Lovey Lovey Smith's staff ten times real fast uh, in Tampa Bay, and then Lovey got ousted to elevate Dirk to the head coaching job uh, because of his relationship uh, to Jameis Winston, among other things. Uh, we didn't see him get it done there. Jameis Winston, I think, still very much a project. You know, he's only 24 years old, mm-hmm. but I don't mm-hmm. see a lot of progress. I haven't seen a lot of growth. Still seeing a lot of bad decisions, not only on the field, but off as well. Have you seen enough out of Dirk Cutter to think that he might be able to do something with Aaron Rodgers uh, in a head coaching capacity? I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen enough just because I haven't seen a lot. I haven't seen anything because I don't really pay attention to the Buccaneers all that much. Um, from what you're just saying, though, I, I mean, there seems to be some issues with with Winston, who's kind of a hothead in his own right. Um, but I mean, is it fair to say Rodgers can get that way at times too? I don't, oh, sure. I don't know. I mean, I don't. If I'm just looking from a casual perspective of someone who doesn't really know much about the situation, I'm not putting anybody who's had any history and troubles with quarterbacks. Um, and he is an offensive mind, like you mentioned, but. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I, I didn't hear your opinion. Do you think he's even worth a look? I think he's worth a look. I think he's worth an interview. I would like to see, uh, I'd like to hear from his end, you know, what did and didn't work with Jameis. You know, I think like when you're the head coach, like you're running the whole team, like you can't be in a quarterback room, uh, giving Jameis the day to day. And, and, yeah. Dirk, and Dirk got the job, uh, when basically they realized he was going to jump ship. And I don't know if that was a good decision or not. I still think I think the world of Lovey Smith, and I think he got jobbed uh, not only going out of Chicago, but also with Tampa Bay. I uh, yeah, say the same thing about Jim Caldwell too. These are guys with winning records yeah. that basically, well, not uh, in Tampa Bay, but in Chicago. You know, he got he got fired after a ten win season. Caldwell got fired after going uh, nine and seven, nine and seven, missed the playoffs. But you know, I think they'd rather be nine and seven uh, than what they did this year. So for Dirk, to bring it back to Dirk, I think that he has the pedigree, and I think he has the body of work as a coordinator. And I would want to get his take on things as a coordinator. I mm-hmm. don't. I think the head coaching thing is, a, is just probably a little bit too much uh, on his plate at this point. Here, here's where my head is, too, with him, is 
I mean, I'm guilty of this. When we're thinking, when we talk about who can be the next Green Bay Packers coach, we, I've done it probably three or four times this show already. Is we think who can pair well with Rodgers, who can do this, who can do the best for him next season. Yeah. Right now, we also got to think down the road when Rodgers is gone. We we want whoever comes in to be the head coach. Hopefully, there a long time. We're gonna have to you know have a new quarterback at some point. And if he if he's having troubles with who Winston, who the Buccaneers have invested a lot of time and effort into sure. um, and just not getting along. I, do you trust someone who's had problems like that to, you know, take over a, a rebuild, I guess. I don't want to say that, but someone who's going to yeah. be taking Rogers place and who knows who that'll be, but. Well, I don't think rebuild is unfair. I mean, you look at the secondary, you look mm-hmm. at the receiving core, you look at the offensive line. I mean, there's gotta be some, some rebuilding done there. I think other than Bakhtiari, I don't know if there's a guy on there that you absolutely are dead set on keeping. So I think rebuilding is fair. And with Dirk, I go back to the body work. I go with what he did with Matt Ryan. Uh, I go with some of his other styles before that. He's a guy that you know didn't just get off the turnip truck. You know, he's got some experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that you know, in terms of uh, coaching the team, he, I think there's a little more splash factor uh, with him than maybe uh, Adam Gase or some of these other guys. Uh, Matt Campbell, we were talking about at Iowa State, you know, who didn't want to interview with the Jets. Uh, I don't know if you want to go splashy. I personally would like to see him uh, find somebody with some experience. Uh, that, to me, makes a lot more sense to me. Uh, even if that relationship with Aaron Rodgers uh, isn't, uh, you know, tailored toward that. This might be a stretch, but are we getting to the point where college coaches aren't even considering the NFL as much anymore? I, when I growing up, I would always hear it's the dream to coach in the NFL. People are going to go through college to one day, one day get that call to interview for an NFL hug coaching job. Yeah. You got Fat Fitzgerald, you got Lincoln Riley, you got Campbell, who are just basically laughing when people say, you know, are you considering moving up? No, yeah. they like where they're at. I mean, is it is it harder these days to get people from co- or coaches from college? Would I, you say? I think it's easier. And this is my opinion. I don't follow college. Uh, well enough to say that I have a qualified opinion on this, but I think mm-hmm. in college it's easier to carve out a little fiefdom, uh, you know, to bring your ego about a little bit. And I think, That's you fair. know, look at Saban. Uh, you know, he went to the NFL uh, and struggled because he has to have relationships with his players. And then they went to Tuscaloosa, and he is lord of all that is holy and crimson and white, and it basically is just running over everybody. You could do, mm-hmm. I think, more of what you want to do and you don't have to balance uh, the economics. Uh, the economics are different. It's like you're you're paying, you're using resources one way or another. You're not spending money on players to give to them, but you're spending resources on recruiting, uh, all these other you things. You kind of have more of a else. say too of who your roster is made up of. Oh yeah, well especially I mean, when you're, you're, yeah, we've won like five national championships in six years. Would you like to pump play for us? Yes. Okay. Yes, then. please. Yeah. yeah. So you're not you're not doing as, as much work uh, on that. But if you're like more of a pure football guy, if you just want to draw on the grease board for 12 hours a day, uh, and then instill it into capable hands, yeah, the NFL is probably more for you. But mm. uh, you know, I think to each to each his own uh, at this point. And I, I don't know if one is necessarily better than the other. And you look at Sean McVay uh, in L.A., and I think he's part of what's been driving this and like you knew mm-hmm. you knew right away sean mcveigh was a great head coach you knew yeah. right away uh that he was going to get something done with that team basically took jeff fisher's sloppy seconds and got him into the playoffs in back-to-back years so 
you know you know right away and like you're not gonna fire Vance Joseph after one year but like you know after the first year he's not getting you to the Super Bowl you know the same thing about Steve Wilkes and and if you feel like the window's open then you do that and I think the reason to answer your question on Marvin Lewis I think he, they realize the window's closed Andy Dalton's gonna get pricey uh perfect has uh, uh some health issues the team is at a pretty stable place I think if you're just gonna add a few parts but uh you're not thinking playoffs anymore. You're not thinking Super Bowl anymore. I mean, that's ridiculous. So, yeah, I think the leash is becoming shorter and shorter every year for these head coaches, and yeah. it doesn't bother teams or franchise anymore to, you know, cut ties after one season. Um, I saw this is the tenth coach since 2000. Wilkes is the tenth coach since 2000 to be fired after his first season, but it's the third coach in the last four years to do it. So we're seeing it more and more. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean these, like these you are... said, people are trying to get that home run right away. It's a scratch off ticket, you know. Yep. You get him in, and then you you rub a nickel on him for 15 minutes. You're like, oh, he's not our guy. <laughs> Throw him out, get a new one. Rub the nickel over his uh, face, and uh, uh, that's where we are right now, I guess. Yeah. Well, Trev, I hope you have a, a happy New Year so far. We will do this again in two weeks, and maybe we'll have Steve with us. I hope we have Steve with us. I do too. We Steve, will. if you're listening, get well. And uh, for everyone else, we will have a new show for you in two weeks. We'll have a new Pack-A-Day podcast for you tomorrow. We hope you listen for it then. For Trevor and, of course, for Steve Perhatch, I'm Josh Circle. We'll see you on the Internet. Until next time, go Pack Go. Nice. All right. That's probably about 15, 25 minutes. 15, 25. Well, I started – I start recording – yeah. As soon as like you chime in, and then we kind of gab for six minutes, and now we're gotcha. thirty three minutes. So that's not okay. quite twenty. It's more like twenty two. It's between fifteen bad. and twenty. Not bad for two people. Oh, that was great. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over thirty five, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.